Welcome to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. We're a church in Gahanna, Ohio, that exists to help people find and follow God. We hope this message encourages you, challenges you, and helps you discover how much God really loves you. Good morning, Three Creeks. My name is Joel, and thank you so much for being here. If you are a part of the Three Creeks family, this is a day that we've been building towards for a while. And if you're checking it out, if you're visiting, I was actually talking with somebody who who let me know that they were going to be visiting yesterday. And I said, hey, so tomorrow's going to be unique. And if you do like it, well, then great. But if you don't, and it's confusing, try again another time. Because this one, uh, this is just a really special and unique Sunday, and, and I'm convinced that everybody who's supposed to be here is here, and even if that's your first time, I, I, I don't think it's an accident that you're here today, and uh, you get a glimpse into our church and what we're about. Uh, the, the part of that clip that gets me, that uh, the little thing in, your, in my throat just kind of goes up a little bit, is, is the part where she says, I'm going to go tell everybody and Jesus looks at her and says, I was counting on it. And it, from that point forward, I, I, the tears begin to just kind of fill my eyes because I, I can resonate with the feeling that that woman has in that moment of, of my, like my sins have been forgiven and Jesus is my savior. And, and if you knew all the mistakes that I had made and, and how much I don't deserve salvation or grace. I know about me more than you know about me. And so I just go, oh my goodness, I've got to tell everybody about this. And then those words of Jesus when he says, I was counting on it. I'm counting on it. I want to talk to you about that just for maybe 10 or 15 minutes today is this idea that, that he's counting on it. You see, this woman, this, she has this interaction with Jesus, and he tells her everything that she's ever done. That's what she said going back into town. Come and meet this man who told me everything that I've ever done, all of the things that are a secret to you. He knew of them, and he's still offering me this grace, this living water. Come and meet this man. And she goes into town, and for whatever reason, perhaps because her story is so compelling, People are inclined to listen to her. It piques their interest. Even though she is socially outcast and not the most popular person in town, the story is so compelling and it hits them in a certain way that it piques their interest to the point where the crowd begins to go out to Jesus and and test whether or not this story is true. Because all of these Samaritans... All of the Samaritans that live in Sychar, in this village that's near this well, they've got this feeling inside where they go, I need something to change in my life. It feels like something is missing in my life. I I, I do want to experience something different. I want something more. It just feels like I'm not whole. And so when this woman comes in and says, come and meet this man, the question that they're all asking inside is, could it be that Jesus is actually what is missing 
in my life. They want to come and test it out because they've got this longing in their soul. They're spiritually thirsty, and that thirst has never been quenched by anything else. And so they go, could it be Jesus? Let's, let's see if she's right. And I talk to a lot of people in our city and in our culture, and I don't think how we feel, I don't collectively, is, is that different than what those Samaritans in Sychar would have been feeling when this woman ran in and said, come and meet this man. Because the general sense of people when I talk to them is that they too feel like something's missing. They want something to change or they want to feel different. They just feel like they want a different experience. They, something just feels like it's not all the way full. And there's a missing piece. And the, the, the reason why marketing exists be, is because all of us have this general feeling that, that there's something missing, that there's a piece that hasn't found its place yet. And that's why billions and billions and billions of dollars are spent every year on you Every commercial, every candidate, every bar, every bank, every YouTube ad, like every YouTube ad, sometimes two per video, right at the best part of the video, it comes on and it's like five, four, three. And every diet and every gym and every dating app is saying, try this, buy this, that missing piece, the reason you're not happy, the reason that you don't have joy is because you're missing this. And they say, just try it, just buy it. This is the missing piece. And billions of dollars are being spent to try to get you to buy it. And the truth is, is that that's not the missing piece. That those things that I listed are really better categorized as water, but none of them are living water. They, 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 they are water. They're not necessarily bad, but they're not enough to quench the thirst of a human soul. Every human soul is born thirsty. Every human soul is born with this desire to be full and to be, to be filled and to be quenched and, and I just see that everybody's just out, just hustling and racing to try to find something to fill that, to quench the thirst. And nothing, nothing quenches the thirst of a soul like Jesus. And the Samaritans were asking the question, they're going, man, I... I'm spiritually thirsty. Could it be? We've tried some of the other things, and those things, there was like water, but it's not living water. It didn't quench the thirst of my soul. There still feels like there's a hole there. So could it be that a relationship with Jesus, this Messiah, this Savior, is actually what we've been waiting for? And I dream, friends, of, three, of the well being a place where somebody would come in and be, be compelled to ask the same question, could it be that Jesus is what I'm missing? 
Could it be that my, the thirst of my soul, this feeling that I was born with, could actually be, that I could be fulfilled through a relationship with Jesus? Could it be that this is the answer? I dream of the well-being a place where people come and they go, I wasn't looking for church. I wasn't looking for God. It wasn't on my radar. Religion isn't for me. I had a, a weird or a painful church experience in the past, and so I'm out. This is not my cup of tea. I dream of people coming in and saying, I was just coming for a party. I was just coming for a cup of coffee. I was just coming to co-work. But the people there, the people from this church, the way, like the way that they love me and the way that they have served me and the way that they serve our community and the joy that just kind of oozes out of them and the kindness that it's, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And it just feels like they're not as thirsty as I am. It feels like they have a peace that I don't have. And, and they come in almost unsuspecting, looking for water, but in turn, we as a church can love them and serve them in a way that Jesus did to this woman and say, hey, we know where the living water is at. And somebody might be compelled to say, could it be that this thing that I had written off is actually the only way to quench the thirst of my soul? So this, because this woman like she runs into Sychar, right? She meets Jesus, he blows her mind, he gives her grace, he tells her everything she's ever done, but he doesn't hold it over her head. She, you remember, she said, oh, I, I come out here by myself so that nobody will condemn me. And Jesus says, oh, no, 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 I'm not condemning you. I'm the Messiah, I'm the Savior, I'm forgiving you. I'm offering you living water. So she runs into town and, and look what happens in verse 39. This is, these are the last four verses of the whole story. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They believed first because of this woman's testimony, because of her story, her experience. She was the messenger. And it compelled them so much to go out and meet with Jesus in person. And then because of the words of Jesus, the fact that he stayed two more days and showed the world who he was, many more of these Samaritans became believers. And friends, I'm just telling you, these many more Samaritans from Sychar 2,000 years ago, they're going to be in heaven and we're going to meet them. We're going to meet these people. This is not a fable. This is not a story somebody came up with. These people put their faith in Jesus as their Savior. And because of this, there has been this wave through Samaria where, where hundreds, thousands of people begin putting their faith in Jesus. And if you read the rest of John, this is John chapter 4. There's 18 or more chapters of, of story after story after story of this woman's testimony being the first step towards this wave, the spiritual landscape of, of Samaria changed because of the story of this woman, because Jesus had to go there. 
This wave of salvation comes over them. And so this question that they came running out to the well asking, could it be that Jesus is actually the missing piece, that he is the one that can quench the thirst of our souls? The answer is yes, that the hope and the peace and the joy and the life, the life that they want is actually found in the person and in a relationship with Jesus. And then here's verse 42. It's the last verse of the story, the last verse of the series. This is what it says. They said to the woman, so the Samaritans get around after Jesus left and they brought her in, this woman that nobody used to talk to. They bring her in and they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. This is important for us to understand as a church. We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now, we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Catch this. This is so important. These Samaritans, they needed to meet Jesus for themselves. They needed to have a personal encounter with Jesus. And God wanted this woman to be the one to introduce them to him. God used that woman and her story and her life transformation, her interaction with Jesus. She went and told the story. And it was uncomfortable doing so, but she ran back to town. And she said, listen to this, listen to this, what just happened to me out at the well. God used that woman to introduce these people to Jesus. And then they had a personal encounter with him and many Samaritans believed. And in the same way, friends, the people that you and I love that live near our church, they too need to have a personal encounter with Jesus. They need to meet him for themselves. And in the same way that God used that woman to introduce those Samaritans to Jesus, God wants to use three creeks to introduce the people that we love, that, that live near our church, our neighbors, the people that live in Gehenna. God wants to use us to introduce them to Jesus Christ so that the thirst of their souls would be quenched. You see, God works through people like you and I. Despite us, God uses us in the stories that we tell. In the well, we want it to be a place where these stories are happening, where it is in a town intersection, where people are coming there for millions of reasons. But underneath it all, for us, it is to point them to the only thing that can quench the thirst of their soul. The last line of that verse says, this man really is the savior of the world. And, and at the end of the day, that, that's why we have to do this. Because Jesus really is the Savior of the world. He really is the only way for a human heart to be whole again. Pascal put it this way. There's a hole in the heart of every human being. And it is God-shaped. And the only thing that can fill that hole is God himself. And for anybody that doesn't have God, who doesn't have Jesus, there will be this endless, endless longing for something to fill them. And nothing can fill it other than Jesus. This man really is the savior of the world. He really is the savior of Gehenna. 
He really is the savior of my neighbors. He really is the savior of my children. He's the savior of my children's friends. He's the savior of my children's friends' parents. He's the savior of the person that you love so much who doesn't know who Jesus is yet. He really is the savior of the world. And you and I, if you are a believer in Jesus, we have been invited into the family of God. We have been forgiven and invited into the family of God and simultaneously have been invited into the mission of God. Those things happen at the same time. If you've been invited into the family of God and you've received salvation, then you immediately are called into the mission of God. Those two things don't exist separately. They are the same. They are simultaneous. And so as a church, we have, there's this, There's got to be this fire in our belly where we go, we know a story that somebody else needs to hear. In this strategic way that our church has said, let's try to do it this way, is we're going to try to build the well. And we're going to pray that through the well, that the landscape of Gehenna, the spiritual landscape of Gehenna will change just like it did in Samaria, just because that woman went and told her story and she introduced people to Jesus. And I pray that we will do the same. And I, I believe that our church, for those of us that are in here today, or for those of us that are watching or listening, for those of us that take a step today and be a part of this, I believe we're going to talk about this for the rest of our lives. And I believe that the spiritual landscape of Gehenna is going to change. And it's all going to change because a little church, a little church, took a step of faith and said, we want to tell this story. We do think that Jesus is the missing piece. So here's, I guess, how to take that step today. Tyler and Julie already mentioned this, but the goal, just to be clear, is for our church to raise $1 million in gifts and pledges over the next three years that's above and beyond our regular giving to our church. And so today's the day, it's Commitment Sunday. We're gonna ask you to fill out a pledge form. And uh, I, I shared last week that I wanted you to wrestle. And I had a number of conversations this week about these wrestling matches with God. And I've been praying for you. And I hope as you walked in today, I hope that I don't know how you felt when you walked in, but I hope that when you walk out having made this commitment that you would feel light and that you would know that God is smiling down on you for participating in his mission. Here's how it's going to work. We're going to throw up the instructions on how to find the pledge form on your phone, and we'll give you a few minutes to fill that out. Every family just needs to fill out one. So if you're married, then you guys just together can fill out one of those. And uh, one of the questions on there, I, I gave some of you a heads up about this, and I didn't give everybody a heads up, so let me just clarify before it goes up there. One of the questions on the form says, what amount do you plan to give before the end of 2022? So essentially, in the next six weeks, how much of your full pledge, your full three-year pledge, can you give soon? And it's not a required answer. There's not like a little red star next to it, so you can still submit it if you don't put that answer in. But but we wanted to put that in there because we're, we're asking people to consider kind of front-loading 
their pledge as much as they can. There's no formula. There's no percentage. It's, it's kind of more of a like a, hey, if you can front load it, that would be helpful. And the reason why is because if we all front load a little, a little bit, then we'll be able to get going quick, quicker than we could if we all waited a long time to start giving. So the building team is literally looking at buildings like now. And the more we front load it, the quicker the building team can look at buildings and make a down payment and get this thing going. So I guess if you don't know the answer to that, I know I didn't give you a heads up about that. So if you don't know the answer to that question, you can leave that one blank. We'll circle back this week and, and see what that is. But the financial lending institution that uh, is helping us, they need to know that number too. So at some point, we'll, we'll want to know how much of your pledge you can give soon. And when you're done with your form, and the way that that's going to work for, for me, and you can do it however you want to guess, but Morgan and I are going to get together. I don't know where she is. Where's she at? There she is right there. We're going to get together, and one of us will just pull it up on our phone and uh, one of us will punch in the numbers. And as we hit submit, we're just going to stop and pray. And then when we're done with that, we're going to go to one of those tables right back there. And we're going to grab one of these bricks that will eventually fit into here. And on one side, we're going to write the trainers. And on the other side, I'm going to be careful because these are, are paint pens. I don't want everybody walking out with white covered hands. So you've got to hold it on the edge, I guess. And on the other side, I'm going to take one of those paint pens and I want you to write what you pray, what you dream of happening at the well. And that might be the name of a person who comes to your mind, of somebody who you want to find Jesus there. That might be an event or a ministry that you feel compelled to, to start or to lead. It might be a way that you hope that the well impacts Gehanna. I don't, I don't know what is the closest to your heart, but whatever you hope and dream and pray that the well will do, I just want you to just kind of write it on that side of the brick. And when you're done with that, it'll probably still be wet. So like I'm saying, hold it on the side. You're going to come up here on either side. Austin Morgan and Bethany Morgan will be on either side. And you can just kind of either hand the brick to them or put it on the white poster board that's down there. And then Austin and Bethany are going to come up here and they're going to build this thing. And we're going to kind of see it fill in as a, as a visual reminder that we're doing this thing together. Because frankly, I don't have a million dollars. And I don't know that many of you do either. And so alone, we just can't pull this off. But together, I believe we can. And so this will be a, a representation that we are together on this thing and that we're uniting together in sacrifice and that we're putting it all in the Lord's hands to do what he wants to do through it. So here are the instructions on how to find that pledge form. There's three different ways. The first way would be to just go to threecreekschurch.com slash the well. And there's a button on there that says make a pledge. Second way is you could text give well one word to 97,000 and it'll text you back the link to the pledge form. And the third way would be to pull out your phone and scan that QR code and it will also take you directly to that pledge form. 
And when you've filled out the pledge form, go to the brick thing. And we're going to take 10 minutes or so. I don't want you to feel like you got to rush through it. The band's going to kind of play some music. And then after we've all brought our bricks up and Austin and Bethany have kind of filled them in, then Tyler and Julie are going to come and pray over this. And then we'll sing a few more songs of celebration together. Sound good? All right, let me pray for us. Father, as we take this step together as a church, we just pray that you would bless it. I pray, Father, that you would use the well to change the spiritual landscape of Gehenna. Father, I believe that you're counting on us, that if we're raising our hands and saying, Jesus, we're going to go tell people about you, I believe that your response is, I was counting on it. Because, Father, we've been invited into your family and therefore we've been invited into your mission. And so I pray, Father, over the next 10 or 15 minutes as we take this step together as a church that you would bless it, that you would go before us, and that our city would know that we love them and that you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Three Creeks Church Podcast. To find out more about our church, to give online, or to attend a service, visit threecreekschurch.com. Thank you.